Right, and we're rolling. Welcome back to the Fight Watch UK podcast. I'm joined by one of the top prospects in UK MMA, Teddy Stringer. How are we doing today, bro? I'm very good, thank you, mate. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Ah, I appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. I know you're quite busy sorting like, some fights this year, trying to stay very active. Yeah, man, that's always the goal. Um, yeah, just no fights at the moment, so I'm still just training every day, trying to trying to be ready for when one does materialise. Like, you had speaking of being active, staying active. Like you had such an active twenty nineteen. It was his second year as an amateur fighter, wasn't it? Like you had, yeah. there was a ton of fights. He won the UKFC think, championship as well. Yeah, I think I think it might have been five fights that year, um, or maybe maybe a few less. But I remember I um, I made my debut in October twenty eighteen, and then a year on, I went and won the UKFC belt and just kind of. I was fighting like every other month and that's what I'd be doing if I could in this situation right now but um, staying active is my favourite thing to do in this sport just fight every weekend if I could and is that just a case of, like staying healthy going out there and like performing at your best so you're not taking much damage just to get back yeah I mean my styles I'm, I'm a big grappler so I'm never really striking for too long and when I'm grappling I'm on top not taking damage so I've, I've never really come away from a fight and not been in the gym on a Monday. I've always kind of been fresh after, so I'm, like, ready to go. And what's the point in kind of getting so fit and then losing all your fitness and then having to get fit again? You may as well just maintain and kind of roll with it. Like just keep it so you don't have to work on it heading into the next one. Exactly, bro, yeah. It's just um, it's stay fit all year round. Obviously, peak up for two, three weeks before, really ramp it up, but I'm just kind of constantly at like a fight camp sort of pace yeah just constantly always ready just in case you do get that call especially everything going on at the minute yeah man exactly like i've got nothing better to do to be honest with you um i do like the odd pts here and there but my my sole focus is um fighting so i'm I'm a full-time amateur to be honest with you yeah like Obviously, experience and stuff. There weren't many shows going last summer, but you you jumped onto the Empire Grappling Invitational. Was that just getting some experience in that you just needed to get back in, getting like that competitive rush going back? Yeah, um, Jake messaged me just saying that he was planning on doing it. Prior to that, no shows had been on, um, so he, he said he was going up and running with that event. Sent me someone through, it and I'm, like whether it's jujitsu or MMA, I'm I'm on it for any competition. So. I jumped on and you know what? That it's probably one of my funnest comps I've ever done just because it was very chilled, like one ten minute sub only match and it was just like a good vibe and I love that. Yeah, it had had a nice little vibe to it, to be honest. It was a ni- it was a nice well run show, it had a nice little flow to it and it went quite well. Yeah, yeah, I think I think they did it well. They should probably get another one on because there'd be a lot of support for it, I think. But um yeah, it was good fun at the time getting getting to play around with like a different rule set as well like uh, with it being like leg locks allowed I was like all the way getting prepared for it I thought right I'm going to leg lock this guy I'm just going to go ahead and do it because when you've got a more adaptive rule set why not do the things that I can't do in amateur MMA and stuff that's it if it's legal use it because at some point eventually it is going to be yeah exactly like I I say to my coaches and stuff now like as soon as I turn pro I'm just going to like win my first five fights by heel hook because I've like been doing it in the gym for so long and it's like I've not been able to show my leg game 
off, so I'm just kind of raring to go. As soon as someone gives me a leg and a pro fight, I'll be taking it. That's it, just break the knees, just go, go on. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, mate. That's what I like to do, break the knees. Fingers crossed you get the chance to do that. Are you looking to get many more amateur fights in, or are you just looking to turn pro so you can get them knees? Um, do you know, it's, it's one of them where, um, obviously, this year's not made it any easier. Um, but I, there's a few fights left for me at amateur. Like, um, the fight with Liam McCracken, uh, there's, there's a fight with Marcus Lewis, and there's, like, maybe two or three more amateur fights for me, and then I'll make that transition to going pro, but... In terms of my amateur career, I'm not looking to fight anyone now. Like, there's a few guys who can still test me at amateur, so fight those guys at amateur, then move on to the pro ranks. Is that's my plan anyway? Yeah, that that fight with Liam, that's already that was already booked and cancelled because of because of COVID. It was on one of the UKFC shows. It, yeah, it's been we're, turning into a bit of like a Khabib Tony Ferguson fight. That one, it keeps getting scheduled and cancelled. So hopefully one day it happens. It's it's gonna happen eventually. To be fair, it just means like you've got more time to train for it, and so does he. It'll be good when it happens. Yes, yes, but mate, as, as long as it happens, I'll be happy. I don't care where for for what belts, three rounds, five rounds, pro amateur. As long as we get it done at some point, I'll, I'll be happy. Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously, it wasn't great that fight getting cancelled, but you still got a couple fights in last year. Like you. You lost on the yeah. Gladiator in August, but you came back in the November and got back in the win column. That must have been good for you. Yeah, um, yeah, it was good shows from Celtic Gladiator. I'm just thankful for the opportunity. and um, Obviously, the first fight against Mark Ewan. Um, it, it, was, it was a tough test for me. It was number one in the UK, but they, they sent me through two people for that they sent me through Connor Hughes and they sent me through Mark Ewan um, and obviously I ended up fighting both of them but I asked for Mark Ewan because I kind of want those tough fights and I fought him didn't go my way I just kind of mentally didn't show up to that one and he capitalised on it and just um, got the finish so fair play to him he was well rounded but coming back then getting that fight with Connor Hughes that was a great one to bounce back off because Connor's no slouch himself so Two good opponents that actually, whether I won, lost, it's still up my stock if you put a competitive performance against them. Yeah, like every, like that's what you're looking for. Every fight grows your name, win or loss, because of the people you're going against. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I could have a mint record fighting journeyman and stuff like that, but that's just that's not what I'm here for. I'm here for for those kind of fights that the guys who are legit. That's it, bro. You're not a boxer, are you? <laughs> I'm not a boxer. I'm not. A, I'm not a recorder for DJs. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go on. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. It was was a good fight with Connor. To be fair, very very competitive. Like there was a lot more stand up in the game in that fight as well. Like you were you were working well with the range. You were picking your shots wisely, and yeah, working them quite well I across mean, the three. If you've watched um, any of Connor's fights previous to that. I, I watched him myself and I thought, fuck, he's sharp with his hands, um, he's fast, he's got obviously got a big karate background. But I think pressure and the threat of the takedowns, I actually, when I look back at that, I think, actually, I've, my striking, I could have probably stood up and, and won that fight um, for three rounds because the way, when you're mixing everything together, I felt just so much more confident, the low kicks and everything, that was kind of 
one of my fights to kind of start showing my striking and eventually we'll we'll show it more and more but it's just the game plan's always to take him down and choke him out at the moment that's it just got to get it to the ground finish it as quick as possible it look good doing it exactly mate I, I'm I'm telling myself before every fight like oh my striking's come on so much this count yeah let's let's show it off a bit box them up and then I just get in there and they're like oh right I've just shot for a takedown again alright I'm mounting him right I may as well just finish this fight you know it's almost subconscious for me to shoot in for takedowns when the opportunities present themselves you know that's the thing though it's like what a lot of people don't understand like if you've got that skill there and if you're able to do it why are you going to take the risk with something that you're not as confident know, yeah, in? Just, it's, it's almost like it's the path of least resistance for me I just think you know I, I could win this a lot of the time I feel I could win the fight stood up I could win it grappling I could win it in the rest of the exchanges but it always just ends up thinking yeah I, I'm, not, I'm not paid by the minute I may as well go in and get it done the most efficient way for me that's it, definitely, because you're getting them people that are like, oh, like, these guys don't stand and bang for three rounds, but it's like, if the takedown gives itself in the first minute to get to the submission, why are you going to stand for three rounds when it's there? Yeah, yeah, I know, and uh, I think for, for a casual fan, um, striking tends to be a little bit more interesting sometimes. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes when my mates are watching and stuff, I'm like, they're like, oh, why are you just taking them down? Like, when people understand it, it's um, it can be exciting. I try. I want to try and be someone who can make grappling exciting for a casual fan. Um, and I think I do that in some fights. Sometimes I kind of hug the legs a bit, Khabib style, and, and hold them out there. But I think grappling kind of needs to be given a bit more respect in terms of getting it exciting. You know, I want to be that guy who, who's jumping for flying triangles and shit like that. I want to kind of make grappling a bit more exciting. I think shit like that, that's going to happen more as you get into the pros, really, though. Because, like, you know, when you look at amateur shows, it's like, as much as you're getting some hardcore fans, majority of it, they're not, like, hard MMA fans, are they? They're, like, these guys' friends, these guys' family. Yeah. Like, they're not going to yeah, be following exactly it. That. And they understand when they're standing. But when it goes to the floor, like, they've got nobody there to explain it for them. Like, they, they might not get it if they haven't seen a lot of it. Exactly, right, yeah. It's, it's all everyone's family and friends that make up the crowd there's there's no fans necessarily going to watch these events so um well, yeah a lot of the time they'll just be cheering when it's stood up and doing when it's on the floor not that i've had booze yet in my fights but i mean i can tell a lot of people are probably sat there thinking what's happening like it is, it is what it is though like you're gonna you're gonna get them people but like we said like you do get the people that appreciate it and that's gonna come up and show more for you as you get later on and by then you're going to be a lot more well-rounded show off your striking and nobody will really be bothered about like why is he not doing this because you do it in other yeah. places anyway exactly mate i think to be honest no one's really said it to me but it's just in my own head i'm like uh, yeah yeah i know it, i know striking's a little bit more exciting it's like personally i actually do prefer grappling so it's like i can kind of like understand it in their head where it's like do people not enjoy this as much do people but yeah, 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 but I think it's just one of them where it's like when you want to prove to yourself, it's it's probably better than wanting to prove it for other people. Yeah, exactly, mate. I I, I completely get that. Like looking at it, like your fight with Connor, it was like quite a well-rounded fight. Though, like you showed a lot of areas. Was that probably your favorite fight so far in terms of like skills you showed, atmosphere building up? Yeah, 
yeah, it's, it's hard to say, you know. Um, I kind of, I like that fight, but I wasn't happy with my performance 100%. I like elements of it, but I kind of, I think I should have finished that fight. Um, I think there was a few opportunities there. And like the last round, I kind of, uh, I went for a Kimura when I shouldn't have gone for it and sat to my back and spent the last 30 seconds on my back. But in terms of like my favourite fight to watch, um, it, it'd probably have to be that Mike Thompson number two. Because I think when I, I took him down, I was clean on the strike and it changed straight into my takedowns. Didn't get hit with anything. And then just control, control, control from the bottom. It was like 20 seconds where I was on my back and, and I subbed him from there. Right through into that second round armbar. It must be nice getting a win back as well. Yeah, man, that was... I think that's also why it was my favourite, you know, when it when it's got a bit of meaning behind it, when it's when it's someone who beat me a year back and I was just in the back of my head the whole time and like, I know I can beat this guy. I just need someone to book the fight and him to sign up and we can show again that I'm more than capable of winning that fight. So you can see if you watch it back after that fight, I like your proper primal scream after. It's like, fuck yes, it's meant so much to me. It just raw emotion. Like that was the fight for you right then. It's for the title as well, yeah. to be fair. Yeah, it was yeah, it was quality that it was Yeah, for the title, like it was also a bit weird they gave him he got an interim title. I yeah. won the belt in October. Yeah. He got an interim title in December and then I fought him in February. I'm like can I not even have two months off here? Am I like Yeah, that's like that's a short <laughs> time for interim. Yeah, so uh, it was almost like he had this stupid fake title and I thought, right, well, that means a little bit more as well. I'm going to show him what the real champ is. Probably realistically, though, it did bring a bit more to the fight because it was, like, unification. Maybe that was, like, the idea. Setting it up, like, yeah, hoping you got the yeah. win to get the rematch with you. Yeah, I mean, they, they rang me before and said, yeah, this is what we're going to do and you're going to fight him regardless. It just, you know, ticket sales and hype, when they put a title for his fight, it just makes it more exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, true. Like, it was... It's a short time, but it worked. It worked in the end because obviously how the event went. Yeah, yeah. Either way, as long as, long as we fight, whether he's got an interim belt or he's number one contender or whatever, as long as we fight, then that settles the belt situation. So it doesn't really matter. Would you say like your coaches have an influence on like how you fight, the kind of people you fight? Because you were saying like you like to fight the top guys constantly, proving that to yourself, going after. The the top guys get as much experience as you can. Is that something like your coaches are passed on? Like, look, you've got this ability. Like, you shouldn't be fighting anyone else. Yeah, to a degree. Like, um, I've kind of floated around gyms a little bit since I started, but it was always very much of the mindset is we never fight a bum because yeah. that's just it, it's not going to do me any good. So, um, always fighting people with a similar record to me, or if not, someone with a better record, so it kind of climbs me up a step, but. Now we're kind of at a point where I train at a few different places and we kind of, I'll, they'll find some matchups, they'll send them through and we kind of all discuss it together and we're like, yeah, this guy's the one or this, that and the other. We kind of just all agree that there's no point me fighting someone who's 2-0, and 3-0 now. I need to be fighting people who 5-0, and 6-0 or like plus at least plus five, six fights experience. I need to be fighting those people. Yeah, it's like at this point, like top ten in the UK, like one of the top lightweights, one of the like the people yeah. you want to be fighting are the people who are going to be turning pro around the same time. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think if you look at that pool of the top 10 in the UK, like I think about six of them are, are going pro for their next fight or something like 90% of them are going pro for their next fight. And it's just me and a couple others. So I like to call myself the uncrowned number one because I don't think there's anyone ahead of me that's not going pro. Um, but as someone in that pool is who I want to fight next eventually. Yeah, like no, nobody outside of that. Like it's, it's not. You're not getting anything from guys who have just got a couple of fights going out there at the local shows, getting getting a little bit of experience in. Like, obviously, any fight's experience for you, but you want to be tested. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It's just um, yeah, you have a finite amount of fights, and obviously, I would fight everyone if I could, but I want to fight people who actually boost my stock. Yeah, totally. Like. It it's working as well, like fighting like the top guys, like you're showing you're showing that and whether you're winning or losing, like you're coming out there and you're still getting another top guy, so the promoters still believe that they can send these guys to you and they're gonna get a good fight over. Yeah, exactly, mate, exactly. Um yeah, even like I, I think like Connor Hughes who I fought last, he's his record's like five and four or like four and four, it's not it's not great, but it's he's fought a lot of top guys, so he, all of his losses are, are against people who are ranked highly. And I think even if it's fighting people like that, as long as people are testing themselves, then you just got to respect them. And, and they're the kind of fighters that I like to see, people who are just fighting the best. Is that what like inspired you to get into MMA, wanting to test yourself? Or like was there another reason? Um, I don't know, mate. I just kind of... I'm quite competitive, um, right. so th- that that's obviously like a big thing. I, I trained it, I loved it, and I, I don't really think there was a point where um, th- there was like a flip of a switch. It was just I started training and then I just started fighting and I carried on fighting and there's never been anything since. It's just something that I'm so passionate about that ever since the first day in the gym, the balls just kept on rolling and rolling. Yeah, like it was just one of them. Like you were competitive, you put yourself in the environment, and it felt right. Yeah, exactly that, mate. It's just um, as soon as I had that first amateur fight, it was like, when's the next one booked? When's the next one booked? And it just kind of wanted to keep fighting because I love training, but there's, I love training when I've got a, a purpose for it as well. Like a eight weeks time is him. Eight weeks time is him. I like having just something to give me that extra push in training. So. Yeah. That's why I like to be so busy and get those fights booked. It's like that motivation, getting your targets sorted, so it's like, oh, I've got this guy, I can yeah. train this. Yeah, you can structure your life around it, because ultimately, like, fight camp just provides so much structure. So I, I've heard people like Bisping and stuff have said amateurs should never have fight camps and stuff, and I kind of I agree to a degree. Like That's why I always try and stay ready, but I think having that structure of, right, I'm fighting him in eight weeks, let's get as fit as possible as I can, bam, 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 start to taper off, all that, just having people in eight weeks to kind of fight and that structure that it adds, that's what I like about um, being active and, and getting those fight camps in. Yeah, I'm sure he said something like that, didn't he, about like, the no fight camps. Do you think that's something where he meant, like, don't get guys who, like, travel for fight camps? Like, if you're from, like, London, don't be travelling to Scotland for six weeks to train. Like if Maybe, if you, yeah. like if you're training with your team, you're doing your rounds, you've got that structure, like maybe that's all right because you're staying like 
close to yourself, you've got the team around you, you don't need to like chop and change anything, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do think it's weird when you see some people go like go to a gym they've never trained to before and then do like an eight week camp there. You kinda need to you need to know your coaches and know all your training partners well to kinda have them be able to help you out through it. So I think I completely agree with him if he means it in that sense that you shouldn't be fighting um with a team that you're barely know. Yeah, totally, because like when you're going out in the fights, like, your coaches know you, they know like, what works for you and what doesn't. If you've just been with guys for eight weeks, it's not going to be that good of a view compared to the people you've been with since the start. Exactly, yeah, and like in fight camp, if I'm looking a bit tired and stuff, and my coaches, because if they know you, they'll see it, and they'll kind of help you around it, and they'll know it, and they've seen it before, whereas some other guys might just think, right, he's not trying hard today, he's being lazy, but they kind of start to see fatigue, start to see where your mind is and stuff. And they just, it's like anyone, once you know someone well, they read you well and that's what you need from coaches especially. Yeah, definitely. Do you think that's one of the benefits of you, like, having, like, representing a couple of teams, that like, you've got plenty of coaches, each who, like, know you're on a level now where they know how to get the best out of you? Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I think all my coaches kind of give me a different element and they all, know me quite well by now and they give me like a different different just style of coaching um and it always ends up being tom somerset who's like um he holds pads for me does some strength and conditioning and stuff and he's kind of he's been one of my main training partners but he always ends up being like my lead corner to a degree because he's one of my best friends and i can have him there and i trust completely what he says and he can hold my mouth guard he can give me some water and he can give me an honest opinion about what's happening I think when you have someone that close to you in the corner, that's great because they'll just tell you how it is and know you so well. Yeah, like as as much as he's like your friend and stuff, you've built that with him. There's also the thing where it's like he wants you to go out there and do your best, and if he's not telling you how to do that, that's that element yeah. of it isn't there, and you trust him to be honest with you about that. Yeah, it's completely hundred percent trust. That's what you need in your cornerman. You need to just trust them one hundred percent. Totally, because like these are the guys that are gonna be like giving you advice. Like whether you follow it or not, like they're telling you how to win. You want the people who are gonna tell you like this is how you can win. Like listen to me, and you will win. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's almost it's something I need to get better at actually listening to it. Because sometimes I'll hear and I'll think, no, I'm gonna do this instead. Um, but if you listen to them one hundred percent, like they're playing a video game and you're the character. Nine times out of ten, you'd, you'd win the fight because, from that outside perspective, they can see things so much better than you. Yeah, like they're, they're saying it like, they'll obviously still have like some adrenaline, but not on the same level as you actually doing it. Yeah, exactly. They're way more composed. They're they're not getting punched back in the face, so they can see things from that outside perspective and just more relaxed and calm. Yeah, that, that's what you need as well. To be fair, I think it would be like a bit concerned if you went back after a round. You were like. Right, what do I do next round, guys? And they're like probably frantically running around you, like, shit, yeah. shit. It's, you'd be like, shit. Yeah, mate, I love watching, like, the UFC and stuff when they go to, like, a corner camp. Yeah. I like seeing all the different styles and stuff, but some coaches are just, like, too frantic telling, like, ten different instructions. Like, it's, you've got a minute break. It should be 20, 30 seconds tops of talking to you and communicating a message. It should be something simple. 
like break in my opinion that's how I like it yeah yeah totally like break down like right they've, they've done this in the first round like you've seen that now go against that yeah not like w- watch your footwork like take them down combos. it's like you're not going to yeah. remember them six combos are you? N- not after a minute no, when wait. you're full of adrenaline when you're wanting to go back out there like this guy's been punching you for a round you want to punch him back yeah, you, you can take simple stuff on board, but it in terms of like, oh yeah, throw one, two, left hook, roll under, the cross is there, step out, look around, then level change for set. Like, just be quiet. Just tell me, should I box? Should I keep box? Should I shoot? What's working? What's not working? Yeah, um, like, keep keep it super simple. Water. Keep it super simple. Like tell you what tell you what's happening, what you need to do while you're drinking the water. Ask you if you understand. Encourage you when you go back. Yeah, I mean everyone's different, but for me that's that's what I like. Nah, it's definitely the style that works. To be fair, like I I couldn't I don't know I couldn't be around one of them coaches where it's like in between rounds they're throwing the water on your face, they're slapping you, telling you to like man up. Nah. Yeah, crazy that is. You won't find me at a gym like that. Nah, that's that's insane. Probably like, meatheads and shit there. Yeah, yeah. So like in in that sense, though, like. Your coaches will know that about you, so like they'll be able to coach you like that, which is probably it works for them because there's the communication. It's on both sides. Yeah, yeah, I think um, that that relationship is something that you build up, and they they know that I respond well to that, and you know that they know that's what I want, and so that's what they give me as coaches. And that that's like we touched on earlier. That's why you need to kind of build up those relationships and they, they know all that stuff about you. Yeah, totally, because like building a relationship, like, you're going to be a lot more comfortable telling your coach something like that when you've been with them for a long time rather than just an eight-week camp, you've just met these people. And then, yeah. Like, yeah, you can't expect to build that relationship in such a short time. No, definitely not. Like Nobody can do that. Like, if, if you can, you're lying. Yeah. Like looking forward, the team, the team you've got around you. Like, I ask this to quite a few people to be fair. Like, if I was gonna get you on, literally bang on a year from today, and I'm gonna ask you what have you done in the last year, what would you say? It's, um, it's hard. It's hard to say in this world. Like, if if you'd asked me pre COVID, I kind of have the next year mapped out. Totally. Yeah. But um, as as far as I'm concerned, in a year's time. The main things that will have happened is I'll have dusted off my last two or three amateurs. Um, I'll, I'll have moved on to the professional ranks. And um, it, it, in my eyes, I, I'll be starting to kind of build up into a big promotion like Cage Warriors and, and start picking up some professional wins there. You've, you've got to believe like when you've won the titles at amateur, when you've like performed the way you have, especially if you go out and you keep doing that when you start turning pro, like, them, them eyes are going to be on you, so like you're going to be getting scouted by guys like that. Exactly, yeah. I kind of oh, I want to leave an amateur record that kind of seamlessly transitions to professional. I don't want to be um, someone who transitions to professional and needs like three or four fights against bum guys to to get good like, yeah. and I, I want to be jumping straight in there competitive with 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 some of the best pros like some of the guys you didn't get to face at amateur because could turn pro before you could exactly yeah the, 
they ran away and turned pro before I could, so I've got to catch up and, and pick those guys up in pro. Saw you were claiming up and started ducking him, mate. There's no running now. Exactly, mate. No running. <laughs> That's it, no escape from that. Whether there's a title or not, like it's, it's all the same. Yeah, exactly, mate. Right, thank you for the time, man. I'm going to sign this off and then I'm going to have a bit of a chat with you after. Right. Nice one, brother. Thank you. Right, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to shoot Teddy a follow over on Instagram. Drop your Instagram, please. I'll, I'll tag you, but... I'll tag you on the Instagram. Yes, at Teddy Stringer on Instagram. Nice and simple. Right, nice. Sweet, thank you. Get following that and any feedback for the both were feel free to shoot a message. Teddy replies quite quickly and like so do I. So I'll catch you later guys.